All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the foundation of podcast, and I got Ross Starling. Why are you so cute, bro? I'm just, he, I'm, you know, I'm surrounded by cute people. Hey, you man. know how you feel confident because you're around more <laughs> attractive people? Yeah, <laughs> bro. Just that's where we're at right now. Sam, how you doing, bro? Man, I am sitting pretty, bro. That red, you really beard. are. That oh, beard. I'm so happy. That bro, beard is sizzling. You dog. can't see, but he's wearing a Greenwood Black Wall Street uh, hoodie right now. Dude, I and gotta represent. I'm telling you, their 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 representation is insane. He did not know what that meant when he bought that thing. Are you serious? I saw this and I was like, that is a dope sweatshirt. I gotta wear that, man. And so I'm. And one one of the things I loved about it was it said freedom from 1906 until. until. Don't, and I'm just like, like we're just waiting. Oh, bro, we're bro. free. Yeah, like this. There's so much, and I don't want to jack the introduction, but jack there's so it, much, boy, uh, jack it. so much rich history in this city. Yeah. So I didn't know until I moved here, but um, Tulsa was one of the places where uh, this, this thing called Black Wall Street, which is which is basically one of the wealthiest places that black people have ever owned. But yeah. about a hundred years ago, uh, there was uh, basically people burned it down. There was a massacre and like three hundreds if not thousands of people were killed that owned land and property and businesses in the richest neighborhood yeah um and like there's so much i think opportunity here for uh just for it to be restored and rebuilt but the amount of people that support it is the coolest thing ever it's like oh yeah we're here to rebuild the city and that's what actually the church that i'm part of like one of our missions is to be um a catalyst and I don't even know what the right word is, but it's to restore. There it is to restore, yeah. um, like that wealth and the, that that place that black people had in the city. So it's really cool. That's, bro, dope, that's man. so amazing. Hey, hey, I'm Mexican. Can I come? Yeah, bro, you're <laughs> locked in, bro. You're locked in. That's not even a question. <laughs> Am I invited to the party? Oh, you're invited. You're invited. You got a red beard, dude. Yeah, yeah. you're the bro. In reality, you're the minority. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it, dude. dude I love it. I got it. Okay, so. We met you not long ago. Yeah, and a month ago, dude, you you are so interesting. Really? Yes, I'll take that. Because, dude, here's what it is: I saw you at a conference, but you were working, mm -hmm. so it's it's like you had taken Adderall or speed, and you were on it, hey, right? Bro. But now I come to your home turf. I'm here in Tulsa visiting you, and I've never seen you more chilled out in your life. <laughs> this is. Yeah, this is home court of home court advantage right here, bro. Bro, uh, that is a new thing for me. Yeah. Um, I'm. It's weird that I have branded myself as this super wired, always up, never sleeping, always working on things, always traveling to a place type of person. And um, COVID done messed me up because I was. <laughs> I thrive off of um, impromptu everything. Mm -hmm. I don't plan anything because. Why would I plan it when God could just do it? It's so much more fun that way. But um, before I moved here, I literally, the week before I moved here, I was in India. The week before that, I was in Paris. The week before that, I was in New York. The week before that, I was elsewhere. I don't remember. Paris, London or Paris, Texas? Paris, Texas. Okay. Was it Paris, London? I didn't know or, that. Wait, Paris, uh, France, sorry. Oh, I was like, my bad. <laughs> no, I was not in Texas. I was actually in Paris, France. That's okay. what it was. Yeah. yeah. And everyone was like, oh, Ron's never home. That like I'm I've branded myself as that person, but COVID made me stop. Mm -hmm. And how I well, it was either I was running away from God or running to God. That's what I was doing while I was traveling. Yeah. But moving here, I had to learn that God is everywhere that I am. Mm -hmm. And instead of resting, looking at a mountain or watching a sunset, I had to rest in my living room or in my car 
work while I'm at work. It was the hardest thing in the world to really <laughs> slow down and see God that way and refresh myself. Yeah. And now living here, I'm like, oh, I can be chill. I can, I think as an Enneagram 7, like one of the things that we struggle with is um, commitment. I didn't want to commit to living here. I don't yeah. want to commit to living anywhere, actually. It's weird. I still have two apartments, but that's another story for another hey, time. Can, can you explain the Enneagram 7 real quick so yeah. for people that don't get it? So if you don't know about Enneagram 7s, uh, Enneagram 7s are adventurers. We are branded as the enthusiast. Everything is uh, glorious. Everything. It doesn't matter what new thing it is. It makes you feel great. And you <laughs> want to, you're, you have this natural unction to actually go toward it, to get into it, to learn about whatever. Like I'm always looking for a new thing. Um, and as an Enneagram 7, um, you usually, when that's your personality type, it's harder for you to commit to a thing. It's harder mm. for you to commit to a, a relationship. It's harder for you to commit to a job. It's harder for you to commit to your actual words and your decisions. But the thing is, um, me moving here, God was like, nah, bruh, we're going to have to get through this because what you what's purposed is way better than what you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I had to get through it. It was gruesome, and I cried a lot. And but, th this was in during the COVID time, mm -hmm. 2020. Mm -hmm. But it's funny, dude, because that's when you went all in on this opportunity this of job. doing full-time content creation Yep, with, for one of the leading churches of the planet. It's kind of crazy. Is that weird for you? Uh, it was for the first year. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like we spent a lot of times in rooms like where we are right now. Well, yeah. this is, we're actually in my church right now, uh, in our office and, uh, this is where we have staff meetings. And I would say for the first six months of staff meetings, it was uh, Pastor, Pastor Mike and Pastor Charles trying to explain to us that we actually work here. That's literally what our staff meeting was about. Like it was this leadership <laughs> lean in, lock in. You're about it like, we're going to the next level. Yeah. But don't forget, you actually work here. And we're like, what? And it took me <laughs> a couple months. But once I got it, I was like, this isn't a small church. Yeah. We're not just doing small ministry. Like when we move, 10,000 people move mm. and that's like a minimum. And it's so wild to think of that. Yeah. Or when I, when I recommend something in a meeting, it becomes a trend in church. Wow, dude. What? What? And it took me a second, but then I got it. And then that's when I feel like I stepped into a part of myself fully. Like mm -hmm. Ron, the content creator that happens to be at Transformation oh Church that is a bonus to this house rather than getting something from this house. Dude, that's what I felt like walking, like, cause you, you gave us a tour before we started this podcast and like everyone we met, that's genuinely what I was feeling. And I didn't know that that was what I was feeling until you just said that, mm. but it's like, I'm meeting these people and they feel like they are fulfilled. Mm. Like this is, I am this person and I'm in this role, but like my job doesn't define who I am. Yes. And that literally y'all were the nicest people. Like we were greeted with some genuine just kindness, dude. Really? 100%. We didn't even, we didn't even pull out all the stops. Dude, we didn't get you food. We didn't oh do anything gosh, yet. I don't need to, man. And dude, we, we, we walked in, and it is love at the front end, dude. Mm -hmm. And it's dope to see because we've, we've worked with churches for a long time. And the church we're talking about that Ron's at is Transformation Church here in Tulsa, and it's dope. But we, come, we came to the office today, 
and you're giving us the tour. Ron's hooking us up and introducing us to everybody. And everybody is from another planet, dude. Yeah. They're literally from heaven or something. Yeah, Joe, you could just, put that on a shirt. You're oh, going to heaven, God's kids, LLC, the whole thing. We're going to start. <laughs> I'm not even If you don't, you have six months. <laughs> He's putting the time, bro. You got a deadline now. You, you got to get to work. If you don't do it, I will. All right, I got <laughs> to ask you this. Okay. Ron's church is great. Amen. God bless. Mike Todd's going to heaven. You. Yeah. What do you care about? What do I care about? You know how you ask Christians this question and all they ever say is, I just care so much about people. Mm. And it like, <laughs> I, at this point, I'm like, I'm going to throw up. Like, what do you actually, like, what makes your, what do you function well in? What is yeah. your, See? We, we call it a genius here. Uh, what's your genius? Everybody had, like, when you think about it, there's no, there's nothing on earth that was made um, that didn't have us in mind. Yeah. So like. There's, there's, God was like, oh, there's a problem, but I'm going to make Sam. Mm. What? Oof. Like you, but you have to think of yourself as that. When I shifted my brain to this, it changed my life. So there's a problem. Okay, here we go. There's a problem on earth that God was like, okay, cool. Um, uh, Alicia, this is your problem. You are made to solve this problem. I'm going to put you on earth to solve this problem. Wow. And if it's not through you, I'm going to put it probably in your family bloodline. So you need to figure it out or your kids will have to figure it out. And there's so much, there's a lot there. But um, so um, I think one small part of my genius is I've understood how trends work since I was like 17. Mm. Um, I would know when a dance was going to pop off. I, like I would know when a certain <coughs> sound would like do its thing. I I knew like, like how certain vines were going to pop. And I just... It just was like, oh yeah, this is what's gonna happen next, and then this is gonna go here. Then I, and I don't know where it came from or how it functioned. I yeah. just knew. Yeah. And then when I would go to like seminars or like read about it, I was like, who taught me this? Like, I there's no actual reasons why I should know anything about this, but I just do. Um, and I just I've been using it to my advantage. But that helps me understand also people. So I think what I'm passionate about is understanding LOL. I said the one thing that I just said that I hate. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I'm so passionate about understanding like where some, where someone's purpose is. Mm. It's funny, dude, because you're a content creator. Like you make videos, right? That's yeah. like a, that's like the big thing you're doing right now. That's 199% of what I do. Right. But you are so much more than that. And you know that you're mm -hmm. like, hyper self-aware we were in your office like an hour ago and i you were just i was asking you about what you care about what what excites you blah blah, blah. and you're like oh i could do a festival mm, i could like pastor some kids i could preach and i love seeing that you don't put god in a box never because god gave you a bunch of things that are outside of the box have you ever preached yeah does it freak you out no why do you love it um so What's really cool is there was a progression. It wasn't like, oh, Ron's just like gifted to do this. No, I'm not. I <laughs> I worked dubiously hard and God has definitely blessed me with the opportunity to do a lot of really cool things. So way back when, when I started my internship, 2017, I uh, thought I was going to be a YouTube star. I was like, yo, we finna pop off. Mm -hmm. This is what we finna do. And God was like, no, that no, we're not going to do that right now. So he put me in kids ministry. That was an incubator. Really? Yeah. Um, in kids ministry, I had, the, I literally could do whatever I wanted. It was the craziest thing in the world. I could just, I could do whatever I wanted, but I was given the honor and opportunity to do that with the next generation. And in there, 
I, that was when uh, someone over me was like, we're going to teach you how to communicate. And he broke down everything that I had ever said. He did his very best to get every filler word out of me. Uh, he taught me, not that I said a filler word after that. Um, he taught me so many things about communication. Uh, he taught me how to write a sermon. He taught me how to uh, rewrite and tell stories um, to captivate people. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, well, if that's what you taught me and this is what my gift is, wow, if you gave me a talent to work on, but then I have a gift, I might as well do both. Mm. And I think the the in the Venn diagram of that, the in between that is your purpose. That's what you were made to do. It's the it's the talent that you've worked on, but then the gift that God has given you. And if you can mesh those two in that that little space in the middle, that's your purpose. But um, I I basically preached to ten year olds for five years. Dude, and if you can teach a five year old anything about the Bible, I'm pretty sure you can teach anyone about the Bible. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, I was like, well, this isn't going to be boring. So. I would use illustrations. Yeah. I would use science. I would, it was so many things that we would do. And funny story, it's kind of sort of how I found out about TC. So uh, the one relationship goals uh, sermon that blew up, uh, it's called Before the Person. And he does this illustration where he fills up a canister with ping pong balls mm -hmm. and then he puts water in it. And basically he was talking about thoughts uh, and, and fiery darts from the enemy. Those are the ping pong balls. Yeah. But you, you fill your mind with God's word and it leaves no space for uh, the ping pong balls to take up your mind or whatever. That's so good. I did the same exact kids illustration that same weekend, the same exact weekend that he did that. I did that in kids ministry. And I was like, did someone just utilize the same sermon illustration that I did <laughs> with adults the same time that I did? And I just found out that it was pastor Michael. And I was like, well, that's obviously my guy. It doesn't matter what he does. Like exactly. I'm going to listen to that. But yeah. Um, that's probably why it doesn't freak me out because I had a lot of practice. I've messed up tons of times. <laughs> um, but when you mess up in front of a six-year-old, they'll call you out. They're not going to wait. They're just going to say, that was weird or yeah. I don't understand. And I, I think it just clicked one day. I just, like we were teaching a, a sermon on the Holy Spirit and a seven-year-old spoke in tongues. And I was like, I think God has blessed me. I think I like, and I mean that in such a meek and humble way. It's like, I, I didn't know what I was doing, but it just worked. But yeah, dude, I, I, uh, had worked at gateway church with this guy for mm -hmm. a long time and I was in student ministry mm -hmm. and when I would preach, I didn't believe in God, but no I, way. for real, I was like teaching 150 to 250 kids cause it would vary yeah. the attendance. Yeah, of course. But I'd be preaching to these kids about, Hey, you should love God because X, Y, Z. Hey, you should follow God because X, Y, Z. Here's my testimony, blah, blah, blah. But the one thing that I hid and I lied about was my belief in the Lord. Oh. And it was, I don't know if it was the denial of God and that's a sin. But what I did do is I told myself, if faith is real and I have to have a faith, this is me having faith. Yeah. I don't believe in you, God, but I'm going to teach your word to what the Bible says, and I'm going to declare that I believe in you. You're either the best salesman on earth <laughs> or I don't, because like I, you can probably sell ice to an ice machine if that's the case. <laughs> You're literally, you taught people, hundreds of people weekly about something that you didn't even believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. I, like, let's just say hypothetically, right? That's not easy. It was hard. And it's what had led me to 
my second suicide attempt Whoa. while I was married because yeah. I had to go through, and I want to, I only bring this up because I want to ask you about being in the position that you're in. Mm-hmm. I was being somebody that I didn't want to be, yeah. even though now I am madly in love with God. Yeah. I can't, I not, can tell. I can't not stop talking about God. Yeah. Oh my God. It's, it's infuriating for some people. Yesterday, dude, we went to a bar and we were just having some drinks, having a good time. And there's this guy, he has a hood on and he's like, he loves star Wars. Oh yeah. But he had a, I forgot what the disease is called, but it's where uh, you can't get facial hair. Eyebrows are gone. Alopecia. That. that yeah. And, uh, we're at this bar shout, with this shout guy. Shout out Jada Smith. A- Amen. Oh my God. <laughs> Lord, I just I cover them, God. And, <laughs> yes. And I'm, I kept telling this guy, like, dude, God loves you. And he's like, who is that? Mm-hmm. Well, Pridefully, kind of mockingly, right? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's all, I love talking to anybody who doesn't believe in God, but I've been there. So I knew in that moment, it's nice now for me to own it and be myself in this season. And before I left, I just said, dude, I'm so happy that you're alive. And that any disease hasn't taken you. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't take his eyes off of me. And all that pride and all of that mocking stuff, it went away because he's like, man, if God, maybe if God's real, this kid was really nice to me. Yeah. yeah. So now you in your position, okay. you are, you're in a position where you create content for this, for Mike Todd, big time guy. You're at this big church. You have a little office. Everything's going great, but you do have all these other aspirations that you feel like God's putting in your heart. Yeah. Is there any times that you have to struggle with um, being on the fence of the in-between and sacrificing self? Um, no. I mean, yes, because I'm a human. Yeah. But the real answer is no. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm i in a position, I, not everyone will ever be in this position, but if you are, I want you to take advantage of it. When's the last time you were able to have unlimited ideas, unlimited resources, like, and actually be able to do it, wow. like, in full support. When was the last time any of us ever, because if I did this on my own, I got to, I got to, I got to figure out how I'm going to finance it. I have to pray through, like, if it's a God dream, like, there's no one telling me if it's right or wrong. I'm in a covering. This is different. Like, it's, you're right. It is discouraging. Like, dang, I want to preach or like, but it's like, who cares that I want to preach? Like, I should be doing that now. I should be living that right now. Like if I want to be a pastor, Ron should be a pastor in this specific moment to the people that are around me um, and every opportunity that I can be. But at work, I'm, I'm here to serve the vision. And it's like, I'm here to represent God to the lost and found for transformation in Christ. Well, shoot, well, that ain't no problem. Man. Let's do it. But um, the, the way that I think I don't get discouraged by that is, is I understand that I have a covering. I have a pastor that's so down for my ideas uh, where I'll say like, yeah, yo, let's do this. And he's like, let's go for it. Like, and he'll invest money. He'll pray for me. He'll be down. He'll fight for me. And on top of that, like if I do something stupid, he won't be like, oh, that's Ron's fault. Like low key, he'll take the blow for that. And I'm like, ain't no, I'm not, I'm a, I'm gonna stay under that as long as possible because not a lot of people get an opportunity to do that. Like, it's an honor. It's an honor when like Pastor Michael's like, what should I name the sermon? Huh, bro? I'm just, I don't know, dog. <laughs> but like then at the same time, it's, I think the reason why I'm in that position is because I have a gift of understanding how culture works. If that's the case, well then yeah, like well, culture's thinking about this or like we're in a season right now or a sermon series called Cuffing Season mm-hmm. and we're going to call it Cuffed. And I'm like, well, Cuffed sounds like jail. Yeah. 
I mean, I get it because like people are cuffed to things, but cuffed gives me cops, Tulsa, mm-hmm. you're going to jail. But cuffing season is alluring. It's like, oh, you know, cuffing season, you know what I'm saying? It's going to get cold outside. Um, and like, but it, but the whole point is a twist on what is it that you're cuffed to? And when you think of cuffing season, you're, you're being cuffed to a person. Mm-hmm. But in all reality, you're cuffed to all these things. What are you willingly being cuffed to? And like, I just so happened to get the honor to do that. But I think like, you know, we ever heard that, that quote where it's like, look, it's like when preparation meets opportunity, I think it's different. I think it's when, I think it's when prayer meets opportunity, like opportunity or when your gift that you've been preparing for that, like that you've practiced meets the opportunity. Um, and I, I feel like I've practiced my whole life to be here and it's super cool. How do you teach this humility that you naturally carry to somebody? Um, um, <laughs> um, you have to get, you get humbled. Mm. About two years ago, around this time, actually, about a month before June of 2020, I was on the phone with my aunt. She goes, Ron, you're prideful. And I was like, ooh, mm. okay, sis. All right, cool. I love you. Mm. And then <laughs> I had a conversation with my friend right after. And he said, you're so prideful. Wow. And then the next day I talked to someone else and they were in a one-on-one with me. He said, you're being a little prideful. Oh my gosh. It happened nine times. Oh my gosh. Wow, dude. In seven days. Oh my God. I wanted to. How did you feel? Hit, I wanted to hit my head against the wall. Yeah. It was the most humiliating. And I'm like trying to be humble, but I'm just like, what is it? I'm mm. not going to get into it because I never want to really speak like that again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, so I got humbled mm-hmm. and. And I thought a little bit, it took me a little second to realize it. some of it was like pro- on their end, like they were projecting and that's okay. Like God used that to help me. Yeah. But, um, once I realized that I was, I was like, oh, I'm entitled, I'm prideful. And, um, I, I was like, I, I have to do something about this. If nine people said it, at least four of them got to be true. Right. So I, I just took a lot of time to reflect and I hyper-focused on this thing called meekness. The Bible says that the meek shall inherit the world. That's not like, it's not just, oh, hey, I'm going to encourage you in this. It's a legitimate principle. Mm. The meek shall inherit the world. If that's the case, I will be doing the meekness. Yeah. Um, And I I think about it every day. Um, And if you don't know what meekness is, it's strength under control. It's, it's the ability. It's, it's self-control. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It's a fruit of meekness is a product of the fruit of the spirit. Wow, we dude. just figured that out right now. Like that was that was <laughs> a right now revelation. Right now, like dude. if I practice the one thing that God has literally given to me in His fruit, I will be able to inherit the world by using self control. Wow. If I use self control to say I'm not here to show out, I'm just here to do what I need to do. I have an assignment. Oh, great. Well, then, is there more to it? Well, it, since you asked, of course. Like I can, of course. Let's do this. It's it's strength under control. It's knowing when you have absolute control over a room and saying this has to go this way because God can trust that. Imagine if you were leading a moment in, let's just say a prayer and you're leading a moment and you know that you're like your dynamic, your um, charisma says that we're going to go into this next song. It's going to go crazy. The room's going to explode, but that's just not the, Mm -hmm. like that's what you want to do, but it's not what God wants to do in the room. And if that's the case, you have to have the meekness and the self-control to say, "Mm, not right now. Right now, I'm going to take the time to listen to what God wants to do. God wants to be quiet. Everybody, stop. Mm. What does God want to tell you? And what if that was exactly what someone needed because they were going to end their life that day? What if that was exactly what someone needed because 
they've been struggling with alopecia and they don't know how to find the self-confidence and they just needed, they needed the frequency of nothing to understand the, the quietness and stillness of their body or whatever. Like you never know. Um, but it's just meekness. Um, and I want to be so known as someone that's meek instead of prideful. Cause that's gross. Nobody got time for that. How are you supposed to pray? Um, everyone prays differently. And I learned that when I went to another church and I was like, you don't pray. Like they taught me how to pray. <laughs> you didn't even open your mouth, bro. Like, are you praying for real? Like you, are you mumbling? Are you speaking in tongue? Like what's happening here? <laughs> it's been a lot of that, but, um, especially being in a new church, um, in the last couple of years, but everyone prays differently. Um, but I do recommend that you pray consistently, but how, I guess the, the question is, how do I pray? I'm let's pretend this mm -hmm. I'm 24, yeah. which is true. I walk up to you. Uh huh. I have a cocktail in my hand. Yep. I'm wasted, and I see <laughs> Chocolate you. Chocolate wasted. You have you have transformation church on. I'm like mm -hmm. that guy's a Christian at the club. How am yeah. I Christians at the club? Yeah. You hear like the beats and everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> hey Ron, how do I pray? Man, have you ever had a conversation with your best friend? Mm -hmm. How does that go? It's fun. Okay. If if <laughs> if you just if your best friend just walked in, what do you say? What's up, dude? How are you? And then what happens after that? He responds. Okay. Okay. Well, that, that might be a little bit different in prayer, <laughs> but no, don't be responding to everybody quick. But um, the same way that you would talk to your best friend or your father or your mom or your aunt or your brother, um, but with a little bit of, just throw some, throw some honor in there though. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like, um, and there's actually a, a little bit of a formula that I do when I pray. Every time I pray, I acknowledge God. And I say, hey, God, like, hey, God, thank you for being here. Um, I exalt you. I yeah. want to make sure that my heart is in the right position as I'm bringing myself to God. Mm -hmm. So I usually, not, I always start my prayers with, God, I thank you so much for being here. I exalt you. Um, I place you at the throne of my heart. And before mm -hmm. I ever really ask for anything, it's more so like a, a moment of gratitude. Um and if you really, if you read the Bible, like it says, our father who art in heaven, uh, hallowed be thy name. That's the exalting part. Yeah. Before Jesus asked for anything, he said, hallowed be your name. He's giving God the glory and exalting him before he even, before we ever get to the meat part of the conversation in prayer. Um, then you, you, you don't have to go through the semantics all the time. Like, Hey God, how are you? Like God is not trying to have you do that to him. <laughs> yeah. But, um, make consecrate this moment. Okay. I exalt you. God, I just pray that you do something in this moment. I, I pray that you do something on this podcast. I pray that you make a change in my heart and my mind or whatever. Um, God, I, I pray that I can hear you, that my eyes are open. My ears can see, can hear, um, what it is that you want to say. And then I usually ask for something or talk to him about something, or I kind of just like sit and wait and hear from him. Yeah. Um, Sometimes I'll be falling asleep, but <laughs> a lot of the times I just, uh, I'll do that. And I'm like, Hey God, this is what's happening in my life. And then I'm like, you got anything to say? Cause, cause I mm. don't. Mm. And he's like this or that. Yes. And I'm like, Oh, Oh. And then I'll either double check it with scripture or I'll confirm it in a conversation. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'll bet. And then afterwards, I'll, sometimes I'll be rushing after that. I'd be so excited about the revelation. I just walk away. Yeah, uh, you wrap it up in Jesus' name, Amen. Oh, and I, I feel like a, a prayer is just a good conversation. It could go for two minutes or two hours, 
there's uh, a friend we have in Los Angeles. He mm-hmm. lives in Orange. It's Orange. a cute little town, or uh, old town Orange. Yeah. And he uh, was right born, by Anaheim. Yeah, dude. He's born in Syria. Crazy life. Loves Jesus. His name is George. He's 60 something. But he's like our mentor. Yeah. And uh, I want you to tell that story here in a little bit. Oh, for sure. About the dinner that we had. I'm with so him. excited. But <laughs> I asked him the same question. And he said, you know, Hector, I've been to lots of churches to consult with them, to preach, all of it. But what confuses me sometimes is the way people pray. Mm. Because it's not orderly across the board because everyone has a different style because the practicality of it is personality and culture and where you grew up. People are, they just pray different wherever you're from. But he said one of his favorite things to teach people is to remind them when you're praying. Remember, God's hand is not broken. Mm. He is going to do what he's going to do. And it it goes right back to what you're saying. It's in that order the way Jesus prayed. Honor, uh, acknowledging God, honoring him. And there's a small part where it says, give give me the bread that I need for today. Mm -hmm. That's the ask, right? It's like, God, if you could... I would love to see a miracle in my life in this part. But other than that, you're, you're on the throne. Yeah. I, I trust you. That's so good. That's the open-handed part. And I have to remind myself, it's like, yes, I grew up in a very charismatic Hispanic church and we can bring heaven down. <laughs> but I need to remember his hand's not broken. Yeah, dude. Dang. He's going to freaking do it either that's way. That's good. <laughs> well, it's an interesting dynamic because it's like um, some people could have the concept or the mindset that, and if I ask God for something, I'm, I'm like, uh, I'm putting him out, mm. you know, like yeah. he's, he's, he's God of the universe. Like I'm just this dude in Texas that has this single problem that honestly, it's like not brand, a yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's downplayed. Right. And, uh, I, it's funny cause like I had a conversation with my brother-in-law just the other day about this, this dynamic cause he felt like he was putting God out if he, if he asked God for provision or anything like that and i'm like dude how much do you love your son like if your son shows up and like let's do let's go super practical Mm -hmm. your son goes hey dad can i have a piece of bread with like some butter on it and you're like i'm finna dude go crazy you you, you finna get the best sourdough (laughs) brioche Mm -hmm. bun you Mm -hmm. ever had your whole life and i'm finna like put the the exquisite butter on that boy and we're gonna fry it just you want some ham on that boy like what you want what you want on that because like it's my son it's your son bro and it's just like we want to it's like it's yes and right Mm. it's yes you can have that and it's going to be so much better than you thought and what you even asked for. Like you already just went above and beyond in just that analogy. Of <laughs> I <it>. did. <laughs> Bro, that like great. straight up. That but that's just like, that's your instinct. That's what's in yeah. you. I ain't even got and, a kid. And, and you ain't even got a kid yet, bro. That's just like your fatherhood already being born. You're, like born. you're literally going to heaven. Like that's going to happen. <laughs> Dude. Well, hopefully I have a child born yeah. to heaven. Bro. And so like I was telling him this whole dynamic. And I was like, even if you were like, Dude, I want a Ford GTO. Like. That to us sounds like this extravagant, unreal thing. Yeah. But like, imagine that your dad is Henry Ford and like has a entire warehouse of millions of GTOs. And then he's like, of course you can have a GTO. That's how the God of the universe has literally access to every resource that we even need ever. And so 
our provision is never putting him out. Yeah. It's always falling in line with like, I want to bring this to you and I want to bless you. I am so glad and honored that you're coming to me and asking for this finally. And I'm going to give you that and more dude. And it's just like, did you guys feel that way when we, when you first started praying? Like when I was new Mm -hmm. in the faith, I was like, I'm not going to pray for myself. (laughs) How pretentious is that? Like, I'm so selfish. Like, no, I can pray for my aunt Sally. I can pray for my friend. But when it came to praying for myself, I was like, yeah, God, I'm, 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 you know, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? You know my heart. You know, I'm just out here chilling, dog. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm a little broke, but it's, we're going to be all right. Yeah. God's like, no, you're God's kid. Mm-hmm. And that gives you access to everything. Yeah, I did. Like, it's so crazy because you said that and you, you really put a lot in perspective. Like, what if your dad's the owner of Ford? Mm-hmm. God's the owner of everything. Yeah, dude. Like, Bro, it, it, it costs him nothing. It It's actually his pleasure. You know, when you go to Chick-fil-A, mm-hmm. and they're like, it's my pleasure. Like, God actually means that whenever yeah. we ask for things from, yeah. from him. Um, and I you you the way that you worded it made me think about me and my life. Um, before I moved here, I was like, God, can I have a Tesla? Mm-hmm. I didn't even, that's not even how it came up, actually. Like, <laughs> I, I went to counseling, and the counselor was like, you need to see your worth better. And I was like, Mm. Oh, okay cool he's like what kind of car would you say is the best car ever i was like bro i don't know i drive a 94 plymouth acclaim like it doesn't matter i got a car i couldn't dr- i couldn't drive six yeah. months ago yeah. you really have a plymouth i had a plymouth. <laughs> it was my first car someone where gave it? it to me where is it bro i don't even know i left it in the parking lot <laughs> i just left that said, boy. i'm just out walked away i'm out away from it <laughs> uh, that boy is in it's gone <laughs> Keys, keys, and engine probably still running, whatever. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But um, in that counseling session, I told him, I don't know, the best car ever is a Tesla. And we go through all the features. like, dang, this car kind of fire. And we were just talking about the importance of all these features, what they were made for. And then at the end of the counseling session, he goes, Ron, you're the Tesla. Mm. And I was like, <laughs> I what? I flipped out. And I was like, yo, that's... That's crazy. But in that moment, I learned so much about my worth. Yeah. And um, I, I folded the note, put it in my trunk, and I didn't think anything of it. But then one of my friends called me. He said, yo, you have to take my, I'm proposing to my girlfriend. You have to take my engagement photos. This man flew me to Canada. <laughs> um, and like we took, we took the photos at a ranch or like a farm or whatever. It's called Starling Farm. That's yeah, my last my name. Gosh, I was tripping. Uh, Starling Vineyard. I was tripping. And he had a Tesla. Um. I was like, hey, dang, bro, you're killing it. What kind of job you got? And I'm trying to get like you, my boy. Yeah, dude. And he was like, no, it's actually incredibly affordable. And we were just talking about it. And then um, he, we drove from uh, Seattle to Portland. And in that like couple hour drive, God was like, this is yours. Like you'll wow. have one of these. Wow. And I was like, stop tripping. God. Mm. Like, Come on, bro. Like, I'm just a regular, regular guy from Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. And then that same week I found that note. Um, in the trunk of my car and mind you counsel I that counseling session was probably in 2017 I I, pro- I found uh that moment with the car was in 20 what 19 or 20 the end of 2018 yeah. something like that yeah. and I was like what are the chances that after I hear this from God I find this note and I was like dang okay I guess I'm in a Tesla so I saved I remember saving up like five thousand dollars just to put a down payment on it and then I got the job to move here and it cost me that 5,000 to move. It was either move to Tulsa or get a Tesla. And I was like, well, dang, I'm in Tulsa right now. So how can I have both? Yeah. And, uh, long story short, I gave for this great, this thing called crazy faith offering. And I I wrote like, 
I'll have a Tesla. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Pastor Michael going to give me his Tesla. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be so cool. Like, God, you're just so dope. Thank you, God. Yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> that did not happen whatsoever. I was like, dang, is there anything else, God? Like, is he giving something else? <laughs> cool. Okay, cool. Stay humble. And um, so I gave my last uh, couple hundred dollars in this uh, Crazy Faith offering. And the next day I went negative in my bank account. I was like, mm. this is not how it works, <laughs> Lord. And uh, the next day someone texted me. Don't even, never met him a day in my life. He's like, God just told me to bless you. I was like, oh, cool. Like I'm negative $52 in my bank account. He's probably going to give me like a cool hundred. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put this in my bank. I'm going to get, I'm going to get some gas. I'm going to get a haircut. We're going to be good. So I get paid next. Right. Now nah, this man hands me an envelope with thousands of dollars. Wow. And man. I was like, you have no idea. You have no idea what this means. Wow. And, um, like I just traded in my car and got a Tesla, like literally like I didn't pay any extra money. The payments are like the same, but I just went in and I was like, yo, so can I get this? And they're like, oh yeah, bro. Like it's wow. dude. And I didn't pay any, like it didn't happen the way I thought it was going to happen, but it did. And that is, that's the provision of God. Like God was like, oh, well this is, I can't do it the way that you want to do it, but I can definitely make it happen. I'm going to make the world function the way that it is i'm going to tell someone else to give you the money so that that the thing that i told you can happen um and a lot of people think that their prayers are not worth much so they don't send it up they don't say anything they don't think god is doing anything but as soon as we open our mouth and ask ask for anything in the name of jesus the bible says that the prayers of a righteous man availeth much yeah um but when we pray God does the work mm-hmm. and, and it may look slower because we have no idea what it takes to put the entire world into motion. But like, I mean, me even moving here, like I left my, my last church job and yeah. I packed up my little office, I went to the, the, the front desk. And I said, the only other church I'd ever work at is transformation church in Jesus name. <laughs> and God was like, bet. And then starts tweaking things in other people's brains. They put, they put, he puts my name in office rooms and conversations. And then Mm -hmm. they call me a couple months later. Bro, that like when you pray for things, God moves, but like, it's not exactly the way that you think it's going to be because I can't fathom time. I can't fathom everyone else's brain. Mm -hmm. Like I can only see life through my eyes. I'll never be able to see it through yours, but God understands it through all of ours at the same time. That brother, he moving stuff. And all you got to do is keep grooving. Exactly, bro. Dude, Dude, my entire, like, prayer life shifted, uh, like, months ago. Mm. And I had hit this rock bottom season of my life Mm -hmm. and was in between jobs. And literally, like, we, me and my wife lived in this apartment and we had this guest closet. It was a pretty big guest closet like so i turned it into like my prayer room hey and so i would literally routine get up in the morning go into the prayer room with a pillow and a blanket talk about like praying till you fall asleep bro (laughs) i would do that so many times but i would get on my face before god and i'd just be like lord i can't move from this spot until you show up Mm. because one i've made an entire mess of my entire life and just wrecked everything and uh I can't do anything without you. Yeah. And so please, please just show up because that's all, that's what I need. Yeah. I need you to show up because I don't know what to do. I can't do anything. I have no control. <laughs> I've lost everything. So I just need you. And in that moment, something was birthed in me where now like I routinely get to the place where I'm just like, 
God, before anything happens, before anything is said, before anything else is done, like today, I just want to say thank you for what you're doing. Mm. Like what you're doing in my life, what you're doing in Hector's life, what you're doing in Ron's life. I thank you for that. And if nothing else happens, it's more than enough for me to serve you the rest of my life. Yeah. Like if nothing else happens for me, God, you've done so much already that I can serve you for the rest of my life and be happy. And just this genuine place of gratitude. Right. Yeah. Um, and God began to just chisel out never in a full like reveal. Right. We always want a full reveal of like God's plan. Yeah. Like tell me exactly where I'm supposed to go. What we see in part prophets even see in part, you know? Yeah. And so like he just began to peel back certain layers and I'm going to use this to kind of fast forward into what happened in LA with, uh, this dude, George and, uh, God just kind of literally I'm attached to Hector's hip at this point in my life. <laughs> like, and we both have this saying, like, what we were trying to each other will be like, dude, God loves us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, we want to be where God is and we want to be about what God's about. And that's it. Like I tell him, I said, dude, all we are are professional partners of God. That's it. That's our job description. That's, that's, that's nasty, bro. That's all we are. That's that's a word. Partner of God. Dude, that's, that's another phrase that we got. 100%. LLC. Yeah, LLC. Partner God. of God, LLC. Partner of God, <laughs> God's kids, you're going to heaven. Did we coin another one? Nah. Uh, we should. Need to. I mean, we got, we got. That's it. We should. We should. LLC. We should. Bro. But like, like that, that makes you, that like, that is so powerful. Yeah. I'm not even going to get into it. Like dude, I, when I worked dude. at Starbucks, they were like, you're a partner. And I was like, I'm, <laughs> yeah, shoot. I own stuff. What's <laughs> up then? But like if Starbucks calling me a partner, it makes me feel like that. Yeah. I like, you better believe I'm mm. not give you buck right now. Right. Hearing yeah, that dude. about God. So good, dude. dude. Right. And it's just like, whatever he's about, we're about. Yeah. And that could be one thing today. That's, that's us sitting down with this podcast, sitting here talking to you today. Tomorrow could be a completely different thing. Mm. Guess what? We're not attached to everything. Yeah. We're not attached to anything. Not married to none of it. Like we're straight up just attached to God. And so whatever he's about, we're about. 